Welcome, everybody. This is... Why do I continuously forget what to say in the intro? Okay. Welcome, everybody. This is the Of Saints and Sinners podcast. I am your host, Devin. I'm your boy, EJ. And let's just get into it. We had a, I feel like we had a pretty good week of just like things that happened. Um, I guess culturally, we had the whole Erica Badu and Jill Scott uh, versus, which I thought was pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was almost mm-hmm. like, here's your teacher going up against the student, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was super dope. Um, How did you have it scored? Uh. Well, once they, well, even before it came on, when they just said, oh, we're not really like doing competition kind of vibe, you know, I really didn't score it. I did see people online kind of taking score. Only reason I didn't take, I didn't go blow for blow with it. It's just, I'm not fully into their catalog. So I can't be like, oh, I know. Now, if it was like other artists, then I can go score for score. But I mean, of course, I know they're big songs and some, um, Mm -hmm. some of the B level ones too, but not like, I know all of their works because I don't. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly how I felt about it going into it. I was just like, you know, I know particularly for like Erica Badu, like she came in at a time when getting R&B songs on the radio was, you know, you had, had those songs on radio just as frequently as you have any like rap or hip hop song. So I think that's how I became familiar with a lot of her stuff. It's just, it was on radio when I was a kid, so I knew it. Mm-hmm. And whereas Jill Scott, like, I knew the songs, but I don't think I knew them from radio. I think I knew them from, like, people playing their albums, but not necessarily me just, like, turning on the radio on any given day and oh, it, yeah. like, being on repeat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did like that they started off with the same song. That was, I, I that was cool. That was, yeah, I thought that was a good nod to each other and just, you know, respecting the fact that, you know, without Jill's pen, that song probably doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, you know, Erica singing that song gives it a very different vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what I love play- about them is like they stay, they're pretty much in the same ballpark when it comes to genre. But their yep. approaches are so different, even though they're yeah. kind of in the same. Oh God, it's like the same. They're singing this. They're in the neo soul kind of um, um, arena there. But like yep. the way they approach music is so different. Like to me, Jill gives more like church girl who went secular, yeah. went secular, yeah. and mm-hmm. Erica Badu is just her own. That's just like next level stuff. Yeah, you know, during the um, during the uh, during the stream. Erica had mentioned, like, I guess they were, like, naming some classic uh, R&B artists. Like, they were naming, um, who was it? Uh, I know they said Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. I know they said, um, in my head, I want to say Billy King, but it's not <laughs> Billy King. <laughs> they said Billy Holiday. Oh yeah, um, they were saying. I did read it. They say Erica Badu is like a modern day Billy. Yeah, yeah. So she was naming like voices that were really unique for their time. Mm-hmm. 
that became really popular mm-hmm. um and like only those people had th- that type of voice um and i've heard this said a lot particularly about shaka khan where it was just like the uniqueness of her voice yeah. is so uh timeless i guess is one word you can describe it as um but also almost like effortless like the way she sings it doesn't matter what the beat is it doesn't matter what genre it is you could put her voice in just about anything and she'll kill it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'm sure people would say the same thing even about like aretha franklin as well right right um but i think also erica badu is very much in that lane where she has just a unique sound that you can identify her no matter what the genre or what kind of music it is that you were listening to which i thought that was pretty cool for them to acknowledge about each other definitely um it i was down like listen i really don't even want these to be competitions unless people have, like jot and 50 if they ever went at it yes y'all are going to compete <laughs> but i'm totally okay with these not really somebody being... might actually get shot yeah yeah <laughs> like i'm totally with these being um ver- like calling them verses but like you're really just kind of playing each other's songs and just kind of talking it through i just think it got a yeah. little out of hand like with the sisterly love in the sense of like um, more, yeah. like more than a quarter of the time was like jill scott praising erica which listen if you're gonna do it do it it just seemed like every song yeah. she was like yeah, like I'm so happy to be here with you right now. It just ha- it just like all the time it just kept happening. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that though has to deal kind of like with their dynamic. It's just I think by the time uh Jill Scott really got on, Erica Badu, she has had a career for almost 3 years now. And she was kind of like the prototype for that neo soul sound. Because her first album dropped in like 1997, but I think neo soul as a genre probably took off. I would say like early 2000s, like that's when you get, you know, Flowy Tree, mm-hmm. Bilal, and yeah, Bilal, Jill Sky, Anthony Hamilton, um, and of course, Music Soul Child. Like that's when that genre kind of really took off. But Erica Badu is the archetype for it. Yeah. You know, she kind of set the stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I get, I, I totally get why Jill was very much like in a, almost like this is my, this is the, the scholar that taught me that I studied from. So, you know, I would say though, the one round that I didn't really care for was when they played Erica Badu plays a song called I Want You and Jill Scott plays a song called Love Rain. Mm-hmm. And I almost tuned out after that. Why? I was just like, because I don't think at that point, like I knew, obviously they played a lot of their hits in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly like Erica, she plays on and on and Don't You Know and Other Side of the Game, which, you know, those are songs I grew up with. Um, Jill Scott played some songs as well, like Slowly, Surely, which to me, I wasn't very familiar with it, but I was just like, in that moment, the, against the song that I went up against, I was just kind of like, this song is a better song in general. Um, you know, whenever you're around, I had heard before, Watch Me, Fool's Gold, those are all mm-hmm. Jill Scott songs I had heard before, but I wasn't like, 
those aren't the songs for me that were just like, yeah, this is this is essential Jill Scott. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Granted, you know, to your point earlier, I'm not as into their catalogs as other people's. Mm-hmm. So when they started playing these two songs, to me, I was just like, these sound like B-sides. Yeah, man. yeah. Well, I was at work when it was on, and me and my boss were like, God, there was like the segment when they were just playing, not they weren't going hit for hit. They were almost going like soul for like vibe, vibe for vibe. vibe. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Yep. We, then we were just kind of like, I mean, it's lit, but it's like, that's not really what this is about. But listen, everybody yeah. was loving it. And I mean, they even had Michelle Obama in there. Like, who does that? So I was thinking about that. And I was just like, yo, Erica Badu keeps dropping this, this N-bomb in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did Michelle leave? Yo, she heard all that. <laughs> right. She was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting that, I'm getting that Caucasian money now. Yo. I can't be in here with y'all. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I mean, now that they're, well, speaking of Michelle Obama, I watched a documentary. It was great. But um, I haven't watched it yet. I need to check it out. I wonder if she was still in office, would she even be able to like participate in something like this? I wonder if the, because she's out of office, she's a little bit freer to do to at least tune into a live like this. Like, I, I yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, they've had artists come up to the White House all the time, you know. So I wouldn't, I don't, I don't see why being in office at that time if something like this were to happen why she couldn't be in there you know and obviously i don't even know if it's really michelle obama that's in there more as it is like someone on her team oh, that's funny uh, <laughs> right i'm like i don't know if michelle obama's just sitting there listening <laughs> for two and a half hours and jill scott oh, yeah. and erica badu go back to back. well it seemed like she came out and in which a lot of us were doing really because you know yeah yeah but um for jill i know see is this the way it's like the open mic song of all time yeah like so i knew she was saving that for last then definitely uh he loves me and then it was what there was Mm -hmm. one more she did was it a long long walk walk. yes those are like her Mm -hmm. top songs so she definitely like kind of scored with those i don't know i think erica kind of had her in my eyes, like again, from my lack of knowledge, it just seemed like Erica had it with Bag Lady, Window C, yeah. Tyrone. So here's the thing: I actually I had Bag Lady and Blessed because those are the two songs that went uh, one after the mm. other. I had them tied. Was Blessed Blessed was like a single? I I love yeah. Blessed. Like I thought it was like because I, I listened to the album when it came out. I think it was 2011. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I like that song. I know she released it as a single. Yeah, 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 I think it, I, I mean, I think it was, if it wasn't, it was definitely, like, one of those album cuts that you listen to, and you're oh, just yeah, like, this lit. may yeah. be the best song on, on the yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, I don't listen to any other song <laughs> from key. the album. Yeah, like, low-key, this is probably the best song on the album, but I'm pretty sure it was a single. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, what else did she, Love of My Life. Oh, that that's one of my favorite songs. Common. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, what else? Next Lifetime. She played Bag Lady. Um, Next Lifetime. Uh, Tyrone Window Seat. Window Seat, I actually really like that mm-hmm. song. But I think I like it for the wrong reason. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Do you remember? That's the music video 
where Erica Badu, she's walking through downtown Texas. I mean, not downtown Texas. Texas is a state. <laughs> I think it's downtown Dallas or downtown Fort Worth. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's Fort Worth. Where did JFK get shot? Uh, Dallas. Dallas or Fort Worth? Dallas. So I think it's downtown Dallas. And she basically starts to like undress herself. And by the end of the music video, she's like full oh, yeah. nude. Oh, it was like, controversial or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was a big thing. Cause I, I don't know if she got clearance to do that or if she just like pulled up. Did it. They started shooting the video and then she just started. She might have told people like, just keep filming no matter wow. what. And that was the music That's video. That's kind of lit. I forget what. Yeah. So like, I always love that song for that mm, reason. Yeah, that's kind of lit. Um, I remember one of my friends in college, she was just like, he was like, yo, I just watched that music video. I didn't realize she was that thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Just not even focus yeah, on the no, artistry. Night, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a lyric from that that's song. Funny. <laughs> But um, no, it was a, it was a great great battle. Yeah. Um, I really would love to see some more neo soul artists go head to head. Yeah, I was gonna say Bilal and music, but music would wash him with hits. Bilal just don't have. I think music would. Bed. Yeah, I feel like like music would wash just about everybody it, it, from that yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. Because even if you put him up against Anthony yeah, Hamilton, there's nothing. There's just I, nothing. I mean, Charlene to me would kill any song, or at least tie any song in Music Soul Child's catalog. But when it came down to it, like I remember, um, Music Soul Child was in Central Park for you know how they do the free concerts during the summer for mm-hmm. Summer Stage. He got out there. He's the headliner for the for the night. When I tell you, he didn't have to sing a word because every single song that he played, people sang it back to him. This is music. Wow. This is music. He's literally just sitting up there on the stage. Wow. (laughs) Didn't have to work with his dollar at all. And I'm talking, this is like, I think this was maybe an hour to an hour and a half. I forget how long those uh, those concerts are, but he didn't have to sing a lick. Wow. Not one lyric, bro. Wow. So, yeah, he, I, 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 he's like, you know how we said we wouldn't put up any gospel artists against Kirk Franklin? Yeah. He's on that <laughs> when it comes to, like, yeah, yeah. soul. Most definitely. <laughs> Just like, nah. He was like, nah. Why do it to yourself? Um, if John if John yeah, so if John Sunday. Legend had stayed kind of subculture neo soul, he would have definitely been a good contender for that. But he he crossed he crossed over you know, easy. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about that too because I listened to his first album maybe a couple of months ago. I just revisited it and I was like, this is a crazy soulful album. And one of my friends said, yeah, like the first half of the album is all about how he was cheating on women. And then the second half is all about like redemption. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, yep, that's wow. about it. Um, but yeah, then he crossed over for real, for real. He said something about he wanted to challenge um, 
he wanted to challenge Alicia Keys to a piano duel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was trashing that. Yeah. It was just no. Like, what would they play? Mozart? Yeah, um, unless they play their own stuff. <laughs> but I think Alicia Keys was, was classically trained. I'm not sure about John Legend. I'm no, no, she yeah, is. Yeah, so I she mean, is. She probably wash them easy. I mean, they they could probably go hit for hit. <laughs> no sing. I would. I would not mind seeing those they two could, go hit for hit because I don't no. think we've. I I don't think we've had any pop artists of these verses where it's been like well no even like um a man's catalog versus like oh, a woman's yeah. artist yeah, yeah, catalog. Yeah. It's always been it's just same kinda, sex, like, yeah. Man versus man, yeah, same sex. I would love to see like some people. Some people literally just need to go up against each other and i would love to see john legend and yeah Lisa yeah Keys absolutely because they do kind of bring the same flavor like kind of like that they brought like the subculture then they crossed over mm-hmm. and went pop but kind of keeping their look in a way oh they're definitely the same yeah. brand i would say um oh yeah yeah because aren't they both on the voice or like they um they both yeah, were yeah, judges yeah. on so, the voice they're definitely yep. in the same league i would love because they and they came out at the same time kind of uh, I, uh, yeah, no. she came out no. 2001. He came out around that time. He came out when I was in high school. 2001 was middle school. John Legend came out in 2004, right? Yeah, uh, let me see. His ordinary, first album. ordinary people. Yeah, ordinary people. Yeah, ordinary like people. Because was... Slum Village, the selfish song, that was like 2003. Let me see. Let me see. And I feel and I and I, and I feel see, like him see. being on the selfish song was like a thing. Like, oh, John's on this song. So yeah, his first album came out in 2004. Um Alicia Keys though. Alicia 2001. So I mean, you know. Yeah, she was like 2000, 2001. So yeah, same time. But you know what? In music, three, four years mm. is a long time. Well, they definitely they, they do well against each other. That that be that be a first. Oh wait. Right Sorry, I'm just looking up her uh, discography to see when her first album came out. Cause you actually, it might be closer. She may have come out in 2003. No, it was one. Cause her her second one came out 2003. I was like a I was a oh, okay. in the early days. She. You were just crushing on her. She, was like <laughs> nah, she had good music. It. Like her, that first album had like <laughs> mad hits. Then yeah, yeah. So songs in a minor came out in two thousand one, but my joint was uh, the diary of absolutely of Alicia Keys. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the joint. To me, that was like really the peak. She she did okay after me. Mm-hmm. She had hits and stuff, but like to me, that was just a nice piece of work right there. That uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. You don't know my name. Yeah. The music yeah. video for that. When they yeah, were in yeah. Pan Pan, I was like, every single time I watch it, I was yeah. like, damn, I'm yeah. just old Harlem. <laughs> like, that was my spy for Saturday yeah. morning yeah. breakfast, yo. They'd be killing it right yeah. now for brunch. Well, not right now because right. everybody be home, but. They could, that could have been a dope brunch We won't spot. tell everybody your conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I'm about to tell you right now. <laughs> I love it. Because you, ser- you, you get serious when you say it. 
no, no, no. This is this is my personal view. So for those of you who don't know what Pan Pan is, Pan Pan used to be like this kind of old school diner that was located in Harlem on the corner of 135th and Lenox. And if you don't, if you want to get an idea of what it looked like, go watch the You Don't Know My Name video by Alicia Keys. It's the diner that she was working in when most death goes in there. So I went away to school. Um, this is my first boarding school experience. I went away to go to uh, to the school in Mississippi called Piney Woods School. I left in 2002, came back 2003. Pan Pan was still there, left to go do eighth grade. And when I came back, Pan Pan was gone. And on 135th Street and the next avenue over, was a new and improved <laughs> IHOP. So it is my theory that Pan Pan got burned down by <laughs> IHOP and paid the guy who owned <laughs> Pan Pan to not reopen. That's that to me is my that's my theory. Uh, as you can see, the neighborhood has changed mm-hmm. significantly, and that's where I'm going yeah. with that. So call me crazy if you want, but. I think the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. It's just but, so interesting uh, because the people that are frequenting Harlem now would have loved that spot. I, I, I am so it would have killed uh, trash, trash, overdone. It's done, and you know, p- and people who are coming here to look for an experience are not going to IHOP. They would they would go somewhere like that. No. And we always say it would have been great if they kept that little opening section, but then built something maybe upstairs or downstairs like a real dining area yeah. and of course got a bar because they didn't have a bar and all that you know what makes me upset about it is that space is still that lot that Pan Pan yeah. isn't wasn't yeah interesting still almost 20 in. years now yeah building is gone it's literally a literally yeah. a gravel pit that's yeah. all that's there um but yeah shout out shout out yeah. to old Harlem. All right. Oh, last thing about battles. Oh, yeah. Nelly and Luda. Who you got? Yeah. I got Ludacris. I think while Nelly had major, major. Yeah, but they hits, just weren't as many to me. Yeah, he didn't. I think after his second yeah. album, because uh, what? There was the St. Lunatics. Oh, no. That was a separate album itself. And that was more for like. Yeah, he had the first lunatics. one, which I don't remember but, the um, name, but it had like um, E-I-I-O. Um, then he, right. every, I don't, yeah, yeah, then he yeah. had um, <laughs> now Nellyville. That was the quintessential Nelly album. That like that was everything because it had Hot in Here, which was one of the hottest songs, no pun intended, like ever. It just stayed on the, yeah. when the Park was hot, it stayed at number one forever. Oh, his his first album country grammar country grammar yeah grammar grammar yeah so when nellyville came out country grammar had ei um ride with me the actual song Mm -hmm. country grammar and batter up those were like the the four singles that came off of that and then nellyville ride with me was like i went out that was a good song Mm mm-hmm now, yeah, I actually still have the then, um, somewhere. I still yeah, have the CD. They had those little skits with Cedric the Entertainer. 
Yeah, every single time they come out with a new computer and there's no there's no disc yeah. slot. I'm like, how am I supposed yeah. to play these things? Um, Nellyville. I mean, honestly, Nellyville is probably one of the first. I won't say it's the first album I did this to, but it's the first album that I bought with mm. my own money that I listened to every yeah. single song and was just like, there is actually nothing on here that I feel yeah. I need to skip. Yeah, man, because he, he had a song with Justin Timberlake on there. See, back then, you at least listened to an entire CD all the way through. Yeah. Now, later, if you were like, okay, I got my joints on here, you at least, because you were just programmed to, it's not like now, okay, let me just buy a song or whatever. You bought that CD, and, right. and first of all, you didn't have all your, see, now with the iPod, when the iPod revolutionized everything. So you would take a couple of CDs out like you, so that so you had to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, it, it wasn't like now yep. you have all your library pretty much on a, on one device. It's revolutionary, but you know, um, I definitely was very familiar with that entire work. Like when Pimp Juice, that was a that was a single that was hot. Dilemma, which was yep. one of his hottest songs, that stayed on. Yeah, oh. and and he wore his um little band aid <laughs> thing on his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his signature look. But after that, yeah, just kind of felt. Then he had the sweatsuit yeah. album. That's where, to me, yeah. I was just like, eh. Now, I, I did like my. I feel like he... with Jaheem. Let's see. Um, I don't uh, think I. I remember it. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. Don't remember. It wasn't like a super super hit, but he definitely fell off after that. Yeah, because the only. The only song I remember off that was um, was the one "Drop Down oh, and Get yeah. Your Ego On, Girl," yeah. and then um, oh, and "Heart of a Champion." I remember that yeah, song. No. That's the one they had the um, the Lincoln University uh, choir. Oh, okay. But yeah, and it had like they used the um, the NBA. At the time, the NBA mm. theme song. Yeah, I'm, you don't really remember. I'm, I'm walking with you nope. on this, but no, <laughs> I'm walking with you, but I don't. Mm-mm. You shake yeah, your head like I'm yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. but yeah, I yeah, just, that one. <laughs> you said yeah. NBA or NFL? <laughs> NBA. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I think it, it'll be good. But yeah, Ludacris. Ludacris is a he had three straight three or four straight albums that I'm pretty sure all went yeah. platinum. And those are also albums that I listened to that I listened to like through and through. And obviously like you said, I have my joints on there, but those were albums that I listened to all the way through first time. And I was just like, there's nothing on here yeah. that I really want to skip. So it would be fun to watch. But I, I think that's yeah, a, a wash. A no contest. Um, but yeah. Well, the, now that the we got right. uh, let's get to stuff, the bad the stuff. Feel good stuff. Let's let's get to the bad stuff. Yeah. <sighs> so before I before I say anything about it, you know what's sad about this story is that this incident mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm. months ago. And it's just now getting mm-hmm. national attention. Um, so we're talking about, uh, is his name Amud? I think it was Ahmad. Arbery? 
is it a mod? Okay, I I I'm looking at the spelling of it, and I'm just and I haven't oh, been, yeah. been watching TV, so I haven't heard anyone. Yeah, I've been hearing a mod it. when I haven't heard people um, like newscasters say it. Okay, all right. So, a mod. Yeah. Did you watch mm-hmm. the video? The videos I was seeing, I wasn't seeing any direct action. Maybe I was seeing like some sort of edited video. So. So yeah, I mean the video that I saw, basically. It's this guy who's following. Um, he he's not the actual person that wound up killing uh, Ahmad, but he's like it's almost like he was following the guys mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. actually did it, and he has his phone out. He's he's filming it from from his car, and you can see that Ahmad is jogging, and then it's almost like he mm-hmm. gets startled, and so this guy he's like basically in his face but he's got yeah. a shotgun or it looks like a shotgun I, i'm not sure what i forget what actual weapon it was it doesn't matter he had a, a gun and ahmad basically has his hands so Ahmad, it looks like he's running away and the guy chases after him so the next clip you're really seeing like Ahmad kind of like struggling with this guy and you just hear you hear like three gunshots go off and i'm just like what is wrong with you that you're setting up that you're setting yourself onto somebody yeah. who's not armed? Like how how is it that you feel that you need to shoot this person? Like you're not a cop, or no? I guess technically one of them was a cop. I, I think he's retired. But like, where do you get the right to just start policing people who aren't doing anything? You haven't seen a crime being committed or anything like that. Like, what gives you the right to to then pull yeah. a shotgun on somebody and actually like um, fire it? <laughs> like, so wild. Yeah, but it's the but it's the same thing with um, like homeboy yeah. George Zimmerman. You know, you're talking about doing. Uh, I he, I think he had called it community watch. Um, and I'm guessing this is what these guys felt they, that they were doing. But, like, you haven't witnessed any crimes being yeah. committed. So how is it that you then found yourself trying to do a citizen's arrest and, and you have no just cause? And what, what makes me nervous about this is, like, this is going to oh, wind yeah. up the same way oh, that yeah. George Zimmerman did. And it's so, it's terrible for me to even feel this way. Like, I should have some hope that there's justice yeah. at the end of this. And nah, I just don't see it. You know what, man? Oh, wait, no. Um, What's the guy that killed the, the, the nine church people? Dylan something. They, it's, he went to jail, right? Dylan Roof. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think he's okay. getting a That's, life. Okay. I think he got a life sentence. Because I was about to I thought he got off and I was about to that was something. I don't know. I mean... Everybody was kind of excited when the two were arrested. We've seen that before. It's about them getting convicted. That's the thing. Um, We've seen people just get off on this kind of stuff before um, many times. So you can only really... uh, Oh, I saw a meme. It said um, they weren't arrested because they saw the video. They got arrested because we finally saw the video. And that's just, that's something right. to think about because right. if that video was not released, you almost wonder if any action would have been taken. 
No, I don't think there there would have been because you gotta remember one of them. I think it's the son. He was he either is or was a police officer mm, in that county. So he's he's got he's basically got favor oh, wow. with the police department there. You know, like mm. if you think about it, like it's it plays in his favor to go to these guys. Like, yeah, I did this. I I might have done this thing, which I don't even think that's what he probably went off as he was probably like yeah we thought he was a criminal yeah so we shot him you know and i'm within my rights to do so because i was trying to make a citizen's arrest and he fought back and you know it's that type of mentality and it's funny that we talked about um Mm -hmm. amadou yalo and our last episode um and then this winds up becoming a national story because it just shows you for how long this has been happening uh, and also how consistent it is. You know, this isn't just like, oh, it was Trayvon Martin a couple of years back and now it's this. No, there's been mad people. Tamir Rice. um, Uh, Michael Brown. um, Michael Brown. Yeah, that was from Ferguson. You know, like Eric Gardner. Like, while it's a little like a lot of those all of them actually deal with police except for um for what's his name uh Trayvon the George Zimmerman one I'm blind well he was like a Trayvon like a, Martin a, right I mean a security guard or something no he was he was literally doing um oh, I thought he was watch. like I thought he was like a cop he's oh, not shoot. he's not a police officer no <laughs> George Zimmerman oh man no the, he he was on the in the so in the recording, and which is this is this is what messed a lot of people up. There is a recording of him calling nine one one, telling them I'm following this kid. You know he's in a hoodie. Um, we've had a couple of break-ins or whatever he said uh, about why he was following him. The police said stop following him. There is no need for you to do that. We will come and and figure out the situation. And he just wow. keeps going. So for him to have, you know, gotten off with yeah. murdering this boy, that's when I was like, oh, yeah. y'all really don't care. Because I can I can't imagine there being a situation as innocent as what Trayvon was doing, basically walking down the block in a hoodie and getting killed by some random person he does not know, had not antagonized, and was just trying to run away from. You know, it's like there's a shoot first order on yeah. all black men in this country, and it's and it's out of control. And it what, what also bugs me out about it is how have how have your police departments not learned yet? Like, is it because no one's being convicted, so there's not a uh, an incentive to change? Is it that changing the system is just that hard that you can't even that you can't get everybody to change? Or it, I I don't I don't know I don't even know what the what the answer is. Um, to that. I think um, well. People have not been convicted, so there's no um, 
there's no penalty to look for to not look forward to. There's no penalty to look to like, oh, if we continue to let this happen, this is what's gonna happen. There's nothing. Um, and I was thinking the other right. day, a lot of these police departments and judicial systems are rooted in racism. We are not far from like yeah. the civil rights era. It's like, th- like these people's no. grandparents down there were doing the same thing. So the mentality is still there. It, it, I think there was, there was, um, there was some police group, I forget which city that was in, but there's like a picture of them on graduation day or they had just finished training or something or other. And like, they're throwing up like Nazi salute signals, like hand signs in your graduation picture. And it it just bugs me out. Like how pervasive, um, pervasive is, I don't think it's the right word, but like how Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. widespread it is. Yeah, you know this level of like hatred towards anyone that's not white, Anglo-Saxon, or at least has yeah. those you know those features. Um, do you ever feel like sometimes after watching a video or hearing stories like this, do you ever feel like you I'm trying to think of the best way to to, to phrase this? Because I feel like sometimes I'm walking around New York almost as if this mm. can't happen to me. That it can't happen to Do me? You ever Do feel I feel that, that it can't? Um, yeah. Like on, like in your, in your regular day-to-day life, like say you see a police officer uh, in the train station or a police officer, uh, you know, driving his car by, whatever it is. Do you ever feel like, like this can never happen to me? Like what happened to... Um, a little bit like could never happen. Not that it can't. I just don't even. I can't imagine it happening. Just I mean, just because I mean the streets I walk every day. Yeah. Like, even like throughout the city, even when you go you go to different states, I can't imagine someone. First of all, stopping me. First of all, no cop has ever stopped me before. Like, I, and we walk past cops all the time. I've been out late, middle of the night, you know. Yeah. Having fun, coming from work, whatever, what have you. I've just never ever been. One time I was stopped by cops when, you know, Mount Morris in Harlem. I was like 15. I guess the park closes at 10, and I was walking home and I got stopped by a police officer. That's it. Other than that, it's just never been anything. Nothing to be scared of, you know. For me, so it's kind of difficult to imagine it happening to me. But uh, I know people that we've grown up with. They've been. They've dealt with police all the time. So I guess it's just different for everybody. Um, everybody has different experiences. Not not that I'm different than someone else, because we have people that we grew up with that were always were in trouble with cops and this and that. So, um, yeah, I just right, and not that like I'm privileged or anything. I just don't. I can't imagine it happening. I don't know if that. I don't, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I, it's no, no, no. It's it's. it's what I'm trying to get at is like, I know for a fact that these things happen mm. on a day-to-day basis, right? And I walk out into the world, you know, say I'm going to work, whatever. In my mind, my day is going like this. I'm leaving home. I'm going to work. From work, I'm coming back home. Like, I, there's always like this, this mindset of I'm going to make it back home. 
and the things that you don't that I never really like think about consciously in the day is I'm going to make sure that I try to avoid police or I'm going to try and avoid anyone that Mm. I think might do me harm in my day-to-day walk and I'm sure that's what Ahmad felt when he was doing his run that oh I'm just going to go for a short run and mm-hmm, then I'll be mm-hmm. I'll be right back home. And then to have to, to have to deal with that situation and your life being taken was the end result. Like I I can only imagine what his last like what his thoughts were yeah. in the last minutes of his life. You know, aside from yeah. obviously he was trying to fight back. Right. But like once you get hit, like what's your yeah, what are your last thoughts? You know, and that's you know, I'm sure people are people imagine themselves, you know, when they they imagine themselves getting old. Right. He's not old. And that's the thing that bugs me out about this. I um I was gonna say well I they were saying some neighbors said yeah, that's what he did every day. He ran. So people knew him in the neighborhood. So when he when he was running with those guys following him, was that not his normal route or was like out of his perimeter? Because I'm trying to figure out if other people knew him, how come these guys didn't know him? It doesn't well that's that's a whole different other that's a whole nother topic. It's like right. so we're in the wrong Because people I'm literally was watching the story and they were saying, <laughs> and like black and white people. We're saying that's a mod. People wave at him when he runs by. So it was like a community thing that he was, I guess, I don't know if he was a runner, like an actual runner or not, but he, he ran in his neighborhood every day. Um, so, yeah. If I don't know, again, I don't know if he was in or out of his usual route, but it's like, were these guys in the wrong neighborhood? Because it seemed like they were unfamiliar with him, obviously. And I don't know, it's like, the saying there were burglaries in the neighborhood, like in Ahmad's neighborhood. Like, are you like what's happening? So what? Are you... They were saying there hadn't wow, so been they, any reports so of burglaries in that neighborhood. Wow, bro, I don't even know. This, this is that's you know what really I think. I think um, <laughs> I think when they did what they did, they didn't know they were being filmed. <laughs> so I think when this video came out, I think they literally lost it. I can imagine when the video came out, they were like shaking. Cause I can, I think, cause like this video has been dormant for like three months. It just came out. This was in February. But then it, then it makes me think, why was this guy, I don't, is he videotaping for, I mean, is he recording from a phone or is that just like, you know, some people just have cameras on their dashboards. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to th- even think that the guy who was recording this yeah. was not involved. And maybe there's a news report out there that says that says otherwise. But in my mind, I just don't understand yeah. how they even have a video that's not from like a security camera, you know. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know all the facts, and I'm hoping that. Uh, when the facts do come out that mm-hmm. justice is actually served um, because that's that's really sad that that young man yeah. is, is gone 
his whole life ahead of him and yeah they just basically snuffed it out but um you know what we're gonna need <laughs> we're gonna need some music to start transitioning through topics facts because <laughs> we can't be going from from mad serious topics to like all right let's talk some more tv right 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 um but that's exactly what we're about to do right now. Um, <laughs> so, on to the drama on of to fictional the drama. characters. Right. Insecure is la- last week's episode. Wait, hold on. Sunday's you're, episode. Hold on, you're really low. Oh, that, this happened last time, too. Yeah. I mean, it sounded fine when I listened to it. Okay, so. cool. But um, Insecure, what did mm-hmm. you think of this last week's episode? I thought it was really good. It was great. Um, you know, yeah, somebody said online too, they kind of agreed with what I was saying. I'm just not finding it as interesting as the first two seasons. However, mm. um, I thought this was really good. Everybody was funny. Kelly was funny. Block Party looked great. I really didn't expect it to look so professional. It looked like a, <laughs> it looked like a real fair. Like, Well, they got, they got HBO budget. Right, <laughs> they right. Got real budget now. <laughs> Um, so that was cool. Um, it, it was great. I mean, you know. So the one thing that that kind of stuck out to me was Condola. Yeah. When she showed up, I feel like Issa let her off the hook too easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you remember in the in the previous episode, she had been trying to get in contact with her. Um. And Condola just was not responding whatsoever. Because yeah. remember, I think she needed like the flyers done and all this other stuff, and she was just missing in action. Um, but like, we've been working together for however many months to set this whole thing up, and then you just ghost on me, like, and they show up at the event. Even if your side of the job was done, we didn't even wrap it up. We didn't, yeah. you know. We didn't, you know, usually when you have these events, you, you kind of go through all the things that went right, all the things that went wrong, and just have a wrap-up so you know what to do next time, like what to anticipate and stuff like that. They didn't do any of that. And then, like, to basically try and blame it on the fact that the reason you've been MIA is because you and Lawrence broke up. I would have been like, I thought we squashed that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you were supposed to be here to help support me, and I I'm glad that you were able to give me all the vendors and stuff. But I actually was in a tight spot with getting an artist here, and who knows what other and like oh and getting like the flyers and stuff done correctly. You were nowhere to be found, so like I wish he had said all of that as well, rather than just being like, oh okay, you and Lawrence broke up. I'm sorry. We can't be friends anymore. Like, I thought that was kind of whack. Um, but I'm guessing we won't be seeing Condola for the rest of the season or for the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't going to work with them anyway. Um, no, it wasn't. But I thought it was going to, I thought it would have more, I thought there would be bigger consequences. From Issa. I think she picks and chooses when she wants to go off. Um, you know, because she does the awkward thing. So I think she's just, she just stood there like, oh, 
okay. You know, she gets a little, she withdraws. And I, yeah. I guess she didn't want to do anything on her big day. That's the other thing. <laughs> but how, lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, by the end of the evening. Right. Do you think she was right for using, for asking Nathan to ask um, Andrew okay, for help? Okay, so yes and no. It's just, and I've, I've had to learn this as well in my life. People's significant others, it gets so touchy. Yeah. I, I've, had, I've lost friends over this. I, really? I'm telling you, people do not play about, it's not even just about like trying to hit on your significant, it's like if you have any contact without the friend, it's like a thing for a lot of people. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah. I can somewhat get it. Like I, I do think Molly is jealous of Issa. I think she's jealous of, not jealous. I think she's just so used to a certain dynamic. She's used to being on top of Issa in terms of success. Mm -hmm. So now that she put yep. this whole thing together by herself, she left her job, you know, Molly's kind of like, oh. Like, I think I, people were, I, I love reading comments on episodes and stuff. So people were saying, I guess during the episode, she was, during the episode, she was looking around like, oh, so this hasn't gone wrong? Like, it's like she was looking for something wrong. Yeah, like she was surprised that things went well. smooth and everything. So, um, but I do know, you know, when it comes to the significant, it, it just can get a little touchy. However, the thing that saves Issa is that she, without Nathan, Molly wouldn't even know Andrew. So that's, right. that's really the saving grace of it all. But I think, I think when Molly said, I don't want you to ask Andrew because I don't. So whatever she said in the previous episode, I think that meant Andrew's off limits. Period. See, I thought, and to you know, credit to the writers for picking up details because I remember her saying, "I don't feel comfortable asking him, and I want to keep that separate." Right, and so I was just like, "Okay, I get that." Right, like, you know, me and my girlfriend, we were talking about how. In real life, you know, sometimes people ask you like, oh, can you make this introduction to this person on my behalf? Because you had this, you had this relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And even in, um, in them asking that, you have to really trust that this person is not going to make you look bad mm -hmm. in front of this other person that they're asking you to intro, intro them to. Mm -hmm. right? And they could be they could be like the most sophisticated person you know, you know, you have all the trust in the world in them. And even in, in that small, there will be small instances where you're just like, like, I don't think I want to actually make this introduction because you actually made, make me look silly, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's a lot about like trusting that the other person is not going to make you look stupid. So I think at this point, not only is, Molly not really messing with Issa. She also does not trust Issa's uh, almost like her her mannerisms, like her behavior, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and just the way that she conducts things. So that's what I got from that. In her telling her like she didn't want to actually have to uh, to ask him. It wasn't so much that, like oh I'm not just messing with you. I think it's a buildup of stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that led to her deciding that. 
and to your point, and to Issa's savviness, all right, fine. If I if I can't trust, have you do it. I'll just ask someone else. You're not the only person in this universe that knows. Andrew, yeah, you know. But that seemed like a stab, even though it's logically correct. It is. It's like, well, I'll just get it another way. But I, it's just the the, the devil in the details. I don't, she said, I don't feel comfortable. Y- me. Yeah. So she went around another way. But I guess you, this is why communication is key. You have to ask Molly, Is you just don't want to deal with it or you just don't want the guy involved, period. See, that's, that's why right, the devil... Right. You just have to... The devil. The devil's in the details. You just have to communicate. So if you tell me, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bring an element of favors from my friend. It's my relationship. Yeah, that's to, yeah, to yeah. me. That's saying, okay, great. So I won't ask you to bother with it. I'll go around and get. But see, this is what I. This is this is what I'm saying. And you know, Molly's insecure. That's the name of the show. <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> and it's just like some people roll credits. Roll credits. Some people just don't. <laughs> they don't play with their significant others like that yeah yeah i've seen it i don't and it's just it's a thing the only thing though is like i don't understand how it didn't come up in conversation before they even got to the show oh yeah like that was kind of weird too like you didn't know that andrew you didn't you know, think to just bring it up to Molly, like, oh, by the way, I'm actually going to wind up helping Issa yeah. on this, that, and the third. So I think there's, there's, I mean, obviously you put the blame, or Molly's going to put the blame on Issa. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, I'm looking at you a little funny, Andrew. Like, yeah, how did that not come up in conversation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that, because you know what that means. And this is how people, and I guess I would feel the same way too. That means there was a private conversation with my best friend asking a favor from you and you did it. No matter how quick it was, you helped. See, I'm an only child. Well, you are too, in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, you know, (laughs) be technical here. Semi. Yeah, yeah. We were raised as only children. So it's like, you know, if you go behind my back, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So if he went behind Molly's back and did the favor for the best friend and didn't tell her and was so by the way about it, that that would be kind of hurtful too. I just think these people lack major communication. Like major. (laughs) And I think that's, so I think that's the one premise about the show that you really got to kind of like let your imagination go. Because while I do believe sometimes people just forget to mention things i feel like this is a big thing to forget to mention Mm -hmm. oh your friend is throwing this huge black party she lost her her headliner and i was able to get her a new Mm -hmm. one that's not like a small thing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like no matter how quick it took you to do it right like that's something that's coming up in conversation yeah unless unless molly just wasn't even around for a week and this is the first time they've seen each yeah, other i mean they're still texting and all that there's voice memos we have a thousand ways to, to talk to people these days <laughs> EJ no because i'm so big on communication it's like it don't even make sense I, you know me like i'll I, I love to just talk like 
this is what's going on, you know, sit people down. I can't stand that non-confrontational stuff, especially someone you're dating. What? But I, you know, Molly is crazy. Like he may be, he may be like, you know what? Let me just not even, because they're always fighting. So he may have been like, let me just not even like bother with her. Like, let me not even you know, start nothing. Yeah. And you know, um, Issa was saying that Molly is miserable. And I'm just kind of like, where did all this yep. come from? That's that's why I always that's say, the... like, th- this fight is very, I feel it's very forced for me. Oh, no, I'm not even talking about just the fight. I, I think the fight is actually very well done in terms of just, like, re- at least Issa's reactions to things. Um I don't think that Molly actually needed to go over there and uh, confront her about it at the end mm. of the event. And the event wasn't even over yeah. yet, um, it looks like. So that's totally something that you could have just brought up another time. But the fact that it escalated so quickly, I was just like, mm. wow, these two are, they really don't like each other right now. But I was more or less saying like, you know, when she said that, Molly is miserable. I'm thinking, like Molly, what do you? Why? Why is she so miserable? Mm. Like you got a, a high paying job, mm. you got the career that you want. That's what I'll say. Um, you got a family that loves you, despite your relationship with your dad. Now it seems like you've squashed that. You got a guy that you like and who seems to like you just as much. What is what is going on with you that you're just like? so agitated mm. by Issa, you know? Um, so I guess we'll see more. I actually really enjoy uh, the episodes whenever they do like big events. I feel like they do those, they execute those episodes very well. Like the first season was the fundraiser. Oh, yes. mm. um, second season, I think was the, was like the big marathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, um, I never noticed that. It's a good point. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think they. I feel like they always do whenever they have like the big mm-hmm. events because the last season was mm-hmm, Coachella. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they execute those episodes. They're very almost like well. the climaxes of the season. Yeah, they're like the red wedding. Yes, of... <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, but. Uh, Oh man, yeah. I, I no, wish we one had this podcast that... when Game of Thrones was on. I know I that would have been wicked. Because we were a whole episode, like three hours. whole episodes about the show, <laughs> connecting yeah. the dots. Because I've done, I've already read all the yeah. books yeah. too, so I've been filling in all yeah. the blanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, one thing uh, in Insecure that I think they're hinting at—it's not a big part of the show, but. Um, Amanda Seals' character mm-hmm. Tiffany, is she does she have postpartum Definitely. depression? Because she cannot be bothered, right? She keeps talking about leaving her baby yep. everywhere. She cannot <laughs> be bothered. Yo, <laughs> when Derek was like, "Yo, we gotta go," she was like, "I'm yep. right here." <laughs> I was like, "He's like, okay, you're gonna stay here, and I'm gonna go take care of a crying baby." Great. You know, like I'm confused as to whether or not he even recognizes it, or if he's just kind of trying to let her do her thing. But um, I hope they kind of dive 
deeper into yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, they need to be I diving can... deeper into the two, um, Kelly and Tiffany. It's, yeah, like, I was thinking, I was hoping that one of these seasons would kind of bring their characters into the fold mm-hmm. a little bit more, rather than it just being Issa and Molly, because there's only but so much fighting between mm-hmm. those two I yeah. can handle before I'm just like, maybe y'all don't really need to be yeah. friends anymore. Like, yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad. My phone cut off. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, I really wish they had uh, dived a little bit deeper into uh, the other side characters' stories. Because you remember there was like the whole theory about uh, that isn't Derek's child. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I would love to see what what is Kelly like when she goes out on dates because it seems like she she's doing some wild stuff. Remember, she was doing like the whole British accent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was that was funny. Well, like, what um, is she like at work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it looks like she's pretty serious. Remember, um, Issa went into her office to um. To get oh, oh yes, the she's the help alone, right? Does she work yeah, on she, a loan thing? Nah, she's an accountant. I think she's just an accountant. Okay, okay. I know it had something to do with money. Yeah, and she was like, "Yo," she was reading her like, "Yo, you <laughs> you, you don't have it together." <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I want to get an apartment." She was like, "With what money?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Going you know, in, I was like, "Oh, I I feel for her." <laughs> <laughs> Most that, definitely, that, that's me. <laughs> Yo, like. I'm so sick. Of it. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know if I have anything else to talk about. <laughs> um, is that it? Uh, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so dry. No. Um, we gotta find how to end these things. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, um, we'll we need like out. we need like a sign off. Yeah, yeah. We'll think about I it. I think yeah, we'll think about it. Well everyone, this has been episode six of the Saints and Sinners podcast. Tune in next week. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>